you ask for it. We are beginning a new series tonight that I think is going to be a blessing to all of our listeners, but then also our church family who's here with us. We're going to be using a book by Norman Geisler where he answers a hundred questions, and that's going to function as a springboard for us to add our thoughts to the issues that they bring forward. Today, we are going to look at the strange way that our society talks about truth. See, rather than talking about truth as something that can be pointed to and trusted in, we live in a day where some say that there is no truth, and they declare that everybody can develop their own truth. In fact, Jason Jimenez um, said this, several years ago, I was talking to a student about Jesus Christ. After I shared the gospel with him, he looked at me and said, that's all great and stuff, but that's just your truth. After poring over many proofs of Christianity, the student wasn't phased a bit. He thought all those truths about Jesus were cool, just one problem. They didn't apply to him. That's kind of an, an example of the confusion about the truth that's seen in our particular day and time. And I think especially when we're looking at some of the progressive issues, the cancel culture issues, uh, we're just not using logic. We're, we're, we've lost the concept that there's something that's always right and something that's always wrong. I found an example of that this week in the news. I don't know if you know the lay of the land as far as colleges go, but there's kind of a running tie between Brown University in Rhode Island and Oberlin University in Ohio to decide who is the most progressive leftist college in the country. And so both of them are very radically, uh, in fact, Oberlin has had a several million dollar judgment against it because they slandered a cake owner unnecessarily across the street. Well, this week, there had a, a, a controversy come to a head. The coach of the women's lacrosse team is Kim Russell. And so a year ago when Will Thomas, he now calls himself Leah Thomas, the irony is he competed as a man one season. The very next season, which is not even a year in between, he was competing in the beginning of the season as a woman. And so when he won the 500-meter national championship, Kim Russell, on her social media, congratulated Emma Wyant. She was the true woman who came in second, and she congratulated her for winning. Wow, did she get into a firestorm. Her college administration called her in, threatened her job. She recorded it. Here's a quote. Unfortunately, you fall into a category of people that are filled with hate in this world. It's acceptable to have your own opinions, but when they go against your college's beliefs, it's a problem. It's a problem for your, your employment. So she was ordered to write an apology for making that comment, congratulating the woman for winning the 500-meter swimming competition. And as she thought about it, she said, I can't. So they brought her back in, and they had the president, they had the head of the diversity person on campus, and they brought her own teammates in. And she said, I felt like I was in a firing squad. That What happened was they looked at her and said, you are the primary example of white privilege, all these kind of things. You know, she simply said that the biological woman is the one who actually won. And so here's what she said in the interview with Fox this week. I will have a conversation with anyone who wants to have a conversation about this. I'm passionate about this. I really believe that women should be competing against other bio biological females. It's a scientific fact 
that biological males and females are different, period. I don't believe that biological males should be in women's locker rooms. And then she said this, where's the Me Too movement now? What happened to that? And so we're going to look and see how contradictory some of the claims are. Think, think about this. I'll just chase this rabbit for a minute of women's sports. Uh, I was the pastor to the FCA at Auburn. And um, if you don't know anything about college sports, there's something called Title IX. And what Title IX says is that for every male that's given a scholarship, there has to be an, uh, an equal number of females that are given scholarships. Well, when you consider that there's 80-something football scholarships, that tells you right quickly that you're almost going to have to go look for women to give scholarships to just to balance that. And so the good news, if you're a, a parent of a daughter and she's a volleyball player or a softball player, there's a good chance that she can get a full ride to a college because they've just got to have enough bodies to match all the men that play the sports. So here, the, those who fought for Title IX said, we want to make sure that women have the right to do their own competition that they can, that they, 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 if, if, if the only thing you had was a 500 meter freestyle, Women and men together. Why would women even try? So they created women's sports for women to have the, uh, the privilege of excelling with other women. Now, with that said, not long ago, we had Matt Lauer fired from NBC. We had Harvey Weinstein, who's now in prison. And these two powerful men would bring subordinates in. Weinstein, he'd bring in actresses. And then they did more, but then they would expose themselves. And finally, somebody cried out about that. And so Lauer was fired, and his career is over. And Weinstein, Harvey Weinstein is in jail. What is the difference between Harvey Weinstein exposing himself to an actress and Will Thomas exposing himself in the locker room because these girls are forced to dress and undress right next to him? So we've got a world that's gone crazy. The, yeah, well, here, here's the thing. When it, when it comes to these hot, these hot topic issues that we're talking about, it is no longer really, when you look at it, about science. It's about a confusion of what is the truth. That's it. It's the same thing that Jesus had to face when he stood before Pilate. In John 18, listen to this conversation between Pilate and Jesus. It says, you are the king then, Pilate asked. You say that I am king, Jesus replied. I was born for this. I've come into the world for this, to testify to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. And then Pilate responds, what is truth? The way that the NIV translates verse 37 is Jesus' words is this way. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Do you see that? The side of truth is yeah, with so Jesus. If you, if, you, if you believe in truth, you're on Jesus' side. Yes. And then later on, Jesus, Jesus in John 8 says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. This implies two things about truth, that there is truth and you can actually know what truth is. Mm -hmm. Geisler, um, Norman Geisler, when he was defining truth, he said it is this, that it's simply telling it like it is, that, that is truth corresponds with the way that things really are. And he explained it to us in an acrostic and that each letter is the word true and each letter stands for something for instance, the, the letter T stands for transcendent. This means that truth comes from God, that we don't create truth, we discover truth. For an example, Newton did not create gravity, he discovered it. 
God's the one who created gravity. Newton just discovered it. The R stands for real. It means that truth matches or corresponds to the facts that are in the real world. So the Oberlin coach said that forcing women to compete against biological men doesn't match scientific facts. That's right. And then forcing women to undress with biological men contradicts the outcry of what happened with the sexual abuse in the Me Too movement. You see, there's, there's a mess up of reality that is there. Then we go to U. The U stands for universal. It means this, that truth is true in all times for all people and in all places. Here's what we mean by that. One plus one always equals two. Two plus two always equals four. It's a universal truth that you can stand on. And then finally, the E stands for exclusive. It means that truth is absolute, that our beliefs may change, but truth never changes. So we can't, with that, we can't buy into this belief that truth is relative. For even the assertion that there is no absolute truth in itself claims to be absolutely true. (laughs) How can you say there's no absolute truth? You're saying I absolutely, I absolutely know, know that, that there's no there's absolute, absolute truth. truth. You're claiming an absolute right there in the moment. And so it's, it's a crazy. circular argument is yeah. what it turns out to be. Uh, Aristotle did something called the law of non-contradiction. Uh, he said this is the most important law in understanding and, and discovering in this world. He said something can't both exist and not exist at the same time. But see, the postmodern world that we're living in says, no. Things can, contra- can contradict because truth is up to you. So what happens with, with uh, Geisler is he gives three tests of any belief system to find out if it's true. Number one, are there contradictions? If there are contradictions in your belief system, then it's not true. And I'll give you an example. Have you ever heard somebody say, all religions are basically the same? How many of y'all have heard somebody say, all religions are basically the same? Well, then they've never studied it. Hindus have a million gods. We believe there's one God. Muslims teach that you're saved by works and that when you stand before God, it's going to be whether or not your good works outweigh your bad works. We teach that it's a wonderful gift of grace paid for by Jesus on the cross. Those are completely contradictory. So when somebody says, it doesn't matter what you believe, all religions are basically the same. The second test he has, your belief system must pass. Are there contradictions? Number two is, is there any proof? I'm going to do this real quickly, but let's just start with the existence of God. Is there proof of the existence of God? Paul deals with that in the book of Romans. In Romans 1, verses 18 through 20, he said that creation points to the existence of God. Because there's a creator, Creation, we know there has to be a creator. Design points to a designer. He said that's proof that God, you have to suppress that in order to say there is no God. Uh, And then also in Romans 2, he talks about conscience, that God has put his moral law on our hearts. There's no other explanation than the fact that you, you can't have grounds for the way we, our conscience dictates to us without having the fact that God put it there. For instance, If an atheist says there's no God, we're all an accident of evolution, and evolution is about the survival of the fittest, then why do we get upset when genocide occurs? Because a more powerful group of people are killing a less powerful group of people. That's what what basically Hitler did. He said, we're going to wipe out the inferior races and make a more pure uh, Aryan race. Uh, So why in the world would somebody put themselves on a grenade to save their friends if it's the survival, of, you, you see, but, but one of the things that C.S. Lewis did in his book, Mere Christianity, he said, one of the reasons you, you can point to the fact that 
there's no explanation for evolution for for the conscience except God is if an atheist gets robbed, the first thing they're going to say is, that's not right. Well, how do you know that's not right if there is no God? And so Christianity passes the the proof test. And then lastly, he said the third test for your belief system is, does it work in real life? God also gives the example of, if somebody gives you directions, you'll soon find out whether or not that works in real life. If they gave you the right directions or the wrong directions. If you go to the doctor and he gives you a wrong diagnosis and gives you the wrong medicines, you'll soon find out that that did not work. So Christianity is provable because it actually works in life. There's an old classic story. Uh, A woman who was a Christian was debating with an atheist and he said, I just can't believe those miracles. I can't believe Jesus actually turned the water into wine. Are you going to tell me you believe Jesus turned water into wine? And she said, well, when I grew up, my daddy was an alcoholic. We could, he'd drink away everything. So then he got saved. Now, I don't know if Jesus turned water into wine, but I know in my house he turned beer into groceries. And you know, so he changed a life, so it works. Well, with this very topic, what we see is that discovering absolutes is important in areas outside of morality and religion. It's important. In, we have absolutes in every area of our life. To go back to the whole directions thing, if someone came up to you and said, can you tell me how to get to Atlanta from here? Your response cannot be, well, each person uh, Unless can, you're progressive. That's, well, yeah, it depends <laughs> on where you're at. Each person can just figure out their own way to Atlanta. Just go driving where you want to go, and then when you feel like it, make a turn, because all roads lead to Atlanta. That's just not reality. That's not, that doesn't work. You're not going to end up in Atlanta if that's the thought process that you have. And so there are absolutes in our life. I'll give you another one. If someone says, I don't believe it, therefore it's not true— you cannot make those statements in all areas of life. If you want to say, I do not believe in gravity, test gravity and you will soon find out that gravity is real. If you walked up to Chimney Rock with the belief that there is no such thing as gravity and you jumped off a Chimney Rock, you will find out if gravity is real or Mr. not. Mr. Gravity is showing up. Yes. Yeah. So these absolute truths are there in all areas of our life, whether we want to admit it or not. Now, one more going back to Jesus' words. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth the life. He is the truth. We believe the truth is embodied in a person. Is there good reason to believe that Jesus is the truth? And I think the Bible makes it clear. The main evidence that Jesus is the truth is the resurrection. Paul in 1 Corinthians 15 basically said, you can throw away your faith if Jesus did not rise from the dead. But the evidence is strong that that tomb is empty and that he rose so you can believe it. Um, The old show to tell the truth They've even put it out again recently. But what they would do is they'd get some semi-celebrities who were on the panel, and then somebody would come before them that you would not really know their face. Uh, Three women, and both all of them would say, my name is Ellen Smith, and I swam the uh, British Channel. Uh, My name is Ellen Smith, I swam the British Channel. All three of them would say that. Then the panel would ask them questions, and they would do their best. Well, boy, I tell you, halfway over it was cold and my arms got tired and I didn't know if I was going to make it. So then after it was over, the panel would vote on who the real Ellen Smith is. And then the dramatic moment came. They would kind of bob a little bit. And will the real Ellen Smith please stand up? And then finally, the real Ellen Smith stood up. Well, here's how we know that Jesus is the truth. They put Buddha in the grave, Muhammad in the grave. Joseph Smith in the grave, and Jesus in the grave. And then the Lord said, will the real Messiah please get up? 
and one got up. Amen. And that's Amen. Jesus. That's how we know he's the truth. Amen. We would say today that truth, there is real truth and we can believe in it. And that's Amen. good news for all of us. Yeah. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast as we have walked through this first conversation, this first question of, is there truth? If you've liked it, stay with us because we're going to have some more conversations about different questions that maybe you're dealing with right now. And if you know somebody that's dealing with this question, maybe send it to them so they can listen to it as well. Thank you. And we look forward to being with you again.